0: If it's your first time at Flipside, I'll say you're welcome. My name is Patient Patient Matadi. I'm in charge of uh, junior high and high school. Maybe they invited you to say you can come to listen for a great man, because Flipside have uh, one of the best pastors in the world, because he preached the gospel and he can preach. Now, if they told you that you're going to hear him preaching today, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can just tell you in advance that it's not six feet, and it's not dark like me. <laughs> for that reason, I don't know if I need to apologize for it, but hey, that's a fact. <laughs> and, and I will be standing here today. Uh, this place is actually as a church, as a building. This place belongs to him. That's true. Because God sent him as an angel to this church. I love to sit there and listen to him preach. and I can, 100% sure that he's following us now online. That's, I cannot doubt it. And then uh, we say, Pastor, we love you. Thank you. And uh, let God bless you. And uh, today I was asking to speak, and I'm continue to talk about the same topics that he was talking about. The reason that I'm happy about these topics is because if I say anything wrong here, I'm glad that it's going to come next week to correct everything. <laughs> and uh, that's just fun. And uh, just please don't give me a, just a blank check. And then... You see where, how it's going to go. You know, I, I was born in Africa. And in the beginning of the 80s, and this is what's in 1981, actually I'm going to be 30-something years in uh, December 13. And it was taking forever for the things to change. In every area. I mean, it's, just imagine, think about it, the time that we have a landline phone to the cell phone. It took, I don't know how many years before the things changed. But today we're living in a time where I feel like things changing every five minutes. That man, I, I, like, I, I just knew about the Instagram four months ago. <laughs> and then I'm talking already with the junior high. They're telling me that, no, patient, now it's a TikTok. I said, no, I'm not going there, man. This is just too much. I'm trying to handle Facebook. And then now we are Instagram. The things are changing crazy. And I remember the first time I saw a fax machine. I thought that Jesus will come the next day. <laughs> Was, because we used to have an uncle that lived here in North Carolina. He's still there until today. But you know when we we're in Africa, we don't have a job, and you're struggling, and you want to go to school, or someone's sick, we always send a letter to our uncle. Hey, you can help us with this? Sometimes it was taking, what, six months the letter to arrive, and then six months to come back. Sometimes when we were talking about someone that was sick, the time to send the letter, him to receive the letter, to read that, and to respond, the person was dead already. <laughs> No, the time that he said, oh, what do you guys need? Man, we need nothing. We buried him yesterday. <laughs> Just let's move on. But we've been, one day we went to send him a fax machine, I'm telling you. So send him a fax and we did it and 15 minutes later, he answered us. I was, wait, what's going on? <laughs> the world is changing. But I also noticed something. There are some stuff that doesn't change. There are also some stuff that doesn't change. Uh, like I said, grow up in Africa. We were studying United States in, at school. In school, we were going and they're telling us the story about everything, about United States. But there was only one thing that always fascinated. I, was, I love it. It was the U.S. Constitution. It was just simple, 27 amendments, done. And then one of the things that you need to know about your constitution, after 231 years, I think it's the only constitution in the world that never changed. Actually, never change. That means the funding father, when they were writing the Constitution, they didn't just put the letter, but they also put the spirit. That's why we talk about the Second Amendment. I know that you guys love it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm okay with that. I don't mind. <laughs> about the Second Amendment. But this amendment, when you ask everybody, like a youth pastor, ask the youth, I say, well, do you know about the Second Amendment? And yes, what are the Second Amendment talking about? The right to have a gun. Okay, yeah, that's true. This is what actually the Second Amendment is talking about in terms of letter. But this is not the spirit of a Second Amendment. The spirit of a Second Amendment was everybody to have a gun so that we can protect ourselves and protect ourselves if the government wants to take our freedom away. This is the spirit of the letter. But when you read just the letter, you're going to just read away. Here's the right to have a gun. Okay, how many are you going to have? I don't know. But the Constitution says so. No, why the Constitution says so? I don't know. That's why I was thinking about what I'm going to talk about today and that this idea came. And I realized that that's applied to us too. In a sense where we are not the church of Corinth. We are not the church of Romans. We are actually in the ranchos. I can guarantee that Paul, Peter, John, they have no idea what is a rancho. No idea. Paul didn't send a letter to the ranchos. No, he doesn't even know that it exists where way is now. By the way, when you're going to go to heaven and you meet Paul there... Make sure that you tell him that you're from the ranchos, <laughs> Because the guy said, wait, where's that place again? <laughs> in the middle of California. Because I remember when I was coming to the United States and my sister told me that you buy a ticket to Fresno. I think you guys get it. The next question was, what is Fresno? <laughs> because we just know San Francisco, LA, San Diego. And when I land to Fresno, I thought that we we're lost. I said, wait, we, uh, we need to go to the United States again or we are already here? <laughs> oh, no, we're in state. I said, Okay. Because this is what they show us in the movies. But I'm not focusing about that. Why? Because we're going to talk about the Bible today. And what I notice about the Bible, the Bible was not written to me. But the Bible was written for me. It was not written to you, but it was written for us. And that's why we're going to be today in the book of Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, 3. They were talking about a guy that everybody knows. If you are not a Christian, I'm going to tell you, this guy is considered as a father of faith, Abraham. Abraham started a journey with his dad, and then they get to one city, and when they get, I don't know how long they were in that city, but the Lord appeared to him one day. And he told Abraham, he said this, now this is the Lord said to Abraham, get out from your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make your name, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and I'll make you, I'll make your name great. And you should be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who want to curse you. And all the nations, in another version, they say all the family on earth will be blessed by you. should be blessed through you. Like I told you a little bit about me. I also come from a very conservative family. A Christian family where... We don't need to go to church. The church was where I was living. That means literally, this is my house, this is the church. That my dad, when they wake up, he gave a portion of the land to the church. Then we were going to the church every single day. By the way, we have lunch and dinner after church. That means dad, dad need to make sure that you were in the church before you eat. And great that we didn't have a social services there because we, you're not going to eat if you don't go to church. That we memorize, that means, I know this story maybe when I was six years old. I knew about this. And I was reading that when Pastor Carl asked me to talk about. And I finally I said, what is the spirit behind this? And I said, well, the only way I can get it, me patient, is to read that backward. Now we start backward. Backward, the Bible says, I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who cursed you. And that you, and in you, all the nation, all the family on earth will be blessed. I'll make you a great nation, I'll bless, bless you and I'll make your name great. Only what? Only if you decided to live. Now I start to think about it and I realize that God was actually asking Abraham to leave one place, to go to another place? Maybe not. not. This is not what God was trying to do because Abraham was already a rich man when God came to him. Now, let's put it in the context. He was rich according to us, human beings. When we have four homes, Three cars, but we're just two. I don't know why we need an extra car. We have kids, like my dad, 13 of us. He thinks he was a champion or something like that. I don't know. But we you think that this is a blessing according to us human beings. But Abraham had all of this. Abraham, when God came to see me, was not rich. I think by now we have maybe $10 million in a bank account. He has slaves, he has a cow, he has every single thing. But when I read these verses, I realized that God was actually not just asking Abraham to move, but God was trying to change his position. Because when you read this, God was telling Abraham, no, not move from this land to where I'm going to take you. No, he was telling him, move here because I'm going to make you to become a nation. Can you imagine that? Even if you have 10 kids, you're never going to become a nation. You're going to be living in one street. But God told Abraham, I'm going to move you here because I'm moving your position as a person, as a blessing. God said, you are already a blessed man. That's why the Bible says, I'm going to make you to become a blessing. That means someone that touch you become blessed. Everybody that you talk to, you become blessed. That means I'm not just blessing you, but you, Abraham, you become a blessing. I'm not just moving you, but I'm changing your position. When God is asking you to move, it's because God is trying to change your status. God was moving up. Not changing Abraham location, but he was changing Abraham location. God wants to change your status. And for that to happen, you need to move and go away. Where where the Lord is calling you. We have four points and then I'll get out from here. The first one is when to go, when to leave. The second one is where to go. And the third one, I'm dealing with it now in my life. It's why I need to go. Why I'm saying that? Because I have a six-year-old at home. Man, you don't have any idea how I'm sick and tired of that why. She's every why for everything. Why this, why that? Why, my God, man. Sometimes I feel like being, a, can you just shut up with your why? But I cannot say that because I want to be a great dad. I'm trying to answer everything. We were watching the news we heard just yesterday in Africa because we watched the news, the African news, and everybody, they were wearing white. I don't know why, but the next question was that way. They're all wearing white. I don't have an answer for that. It's they chose to, but just try to find something just to be a great dad. That's Yeah, that's the why. I know that some of you dealt with that already. Thank you. But if not, prepare yourself already. And what to take? For those who that don't know, I'm married to one of the very smartest women in the world. And then my wife, i tell that last time I preached here. I'm so smart to know that my wife is more smarter than me. <laughs> Clear than that. I went to do communication, and then she want to become a civil engineer. I tell hey, babe, are you sure about this? Yeah, I said, go for it. You're going to make my retirement earlier, maybe. But she's the type of person, when we go somewhere, she can even Google the name of the store that we're going to in the area. When we go to vacation, she want to prepare everything. What are we going to take? Me, are the type of person, I just want to be there. I don't care what we're going to take. If we're going to we'll be there, if there's a Walmart, I'll grab a t-shirt there. Let's move. I don't care. But she prepare everything. She, she's in that category. What I need to take? Sometimes the say, babe, come down. We, we're going just to vacation. We'll come back home. We don't need to move with the house. we come back to the house. Just slow down. <laughs> yeah, and that's one what this is the four topics that i'll try to wrestle with it so we're going to understand why we need to live why god came to talk to abraham when to live and the, the first one is when to leave live when the lord said live when god said live live because he's a God, he's a master of time. He knows the beginning and the end of everything. He knows when is the perfect time for you to live. He knows when is the right time for you to live. Because by you asking you to live, God is just telling you that the chapter of your life where you were, it's over now. I want to take you somewhere else. But the only way I can take you if you decided to live. Because I'm God, I cannot start anything new if I didn't finish what I started first. God always finish what he started before he started something new with us. And when to leave? Leave when God asks you to leave. But what is the biggest challenge that we have when we need to leave? The biggest challenge that we have, including myself, is God, I'm here because you asked me to be here. I'm in this position. I'm in this location because you, God, brought me here. That's true. God is the one who brought you where you think you are now. Is the same God that is telling you now, leave. Because I took you here for a certain time, for a certain reason. For me, that reason it's over. Now is the time for you to leave. But I noticed that I met a lot of people in love that were telling me the things that, my patient, why, why God want me to live? By? But it's God that want me to be here. Yes, except in your marriage. Stay there until Jesus will come back. <laughs> except that for the rest of them, if God wants you to leave, leave. I used to work somewhere. And I don't know if you guys had those those type of conversation already. I used to work somewhere and I was making pretty much good money. Something like what? $20, $21 per hour by then. And I feel like the Lord was asking me to leave. And this was the type of job that I can make my own schedule. And I was feeling like God was asking me to leave. And I asked God, where do you want me to go? God wants me to go somewhere to work with the kids in the group homes where I'm going to start making $12 per hour. Now, me, it was great. I'm going to do it but I need to have a conversation with the real boss. <laughs> that was crazy. To tell my wife that I'm leaving this, I'm going there. In the beginning, it didn't make any sense. But when I say yes to that, I'm going to tell you that journey took me here today at the ranchos. Because when I left, I met some people, people that know somebody, somebody that knows somebody, that somebody connect me with Pastor Carl, and one day I'm here. I'm telling you I was just living in Fresno. I didn't even know that the rancho exists. Just about two years ago, yeah, maybe a year ago. I didn't even know the existence of rentals, And the God, because I was able, God knew when it was the perfect time to live. And then the second point is, where to go? I don't know what to say, but where to go is, go where the God wants you to go. Why? Because God knows the way, the place He want to take you. By God asking Abraham to leave. pay attention in that. He said to him, he said, I'm going to show you. Why? Because God, when he's taking us somewhere, God is not taking us to a location. God is taking us to our destiny. Because God, it doesn't matter. God is not in the business of changing people's location. It's like when you move from Rancho to Clovis. Who cares? You're still in California. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody cares. Oh, no, I don't like the Bay Area. I want to go to the Bay Area. You're still in California. You decided to leave California to go to Texas? Nobody cares. You're still in the United States. Or you move from Texas to go to Australia. You're still on earth. That means you didn't just do nothing special that people need to be surprised about. That's why God is not in the business of moving you from one location to another one, but God is moving you from where you are to your destiny. And what, what was the destiny of Abraham? For Abraham to become a father of a multitude, the father of a faith, God's supposed to move him from where he was so he can get into his destiny. This is the business that God is. When God is trying to move you, he doesn't want to move you from one location to another one. What's the point? But he wants to move you from where you are so your positions change, you get in your destiny. That destiny is going to make you to become a blessing of a lot of other people. This is where God was telling to, to take you. But it's really up to you if you really want to leave. You really want to go so you can get in that destiny with God. Because what God cares about the most is the journey that will take you there. And that's why he said to Abraham, move. So I'm going to show you. So I'm going to show you. Where I need to go. Yes. Where I need to go. I was thinking about it, and uh, we came with a perfect example. We don't have a life insurance in my country. No, we don't. And uh, we, God bless us a couple months ago with a house. And then uh, my wife and I, we were at home, and uh, someone came and knocked our doors. Two beautiful young ladies, they came. They want to talk about life insurance. Okay, have a seat. And then they always start with some questions. You know those type of questions? If you die today, what's going to happen to your daughter? They make me feel guilty directly. Well, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to them and my wife's way. Okay, but we have an idea for you. If you die today, check what's going to happen to you. We're going to pay your house. We're going to do this. Everything was so perfect that I want to sign immediately. But I took a second to ask them a question. The question was, okay, when am I going to have access to my money? That lady kept quiet a second. She said, when you'll be dead. I said, that's great. I mean, I'm saving my own money that I'm working hard for, just for someone else to use it. And the only way the person can use it is if I'm dead. Sometimes we we're asking that question is, why? Why I need to go? You need to go so that other people can benefit beneficial for that. When you decided to become a Christian, this is one of the verses that I love. The Bible says, if you become a Christian, you will be saved, you and your family. The day I become a Christian, not everybody in my family become a Christian, but at least they have someone that can mention their names in a prayer. God, can you touch them? God, can you change them? They have someone that can mention their names in a prayer. I am the result of my parents' prayers. But if it was just depend on me and the way I was growing up or what I was thinking, I'll be serving 25 years now, somewhere, in prison, definitely. But it was because my parents decided to leave and they had to go. And they started to pray for me because they want my future to be different. That's why we need to leave. Not just because it depend on you only. Other people will depend on that. That's why when you read this, the Bible says, all the nation." like I said, maybe your version, I love it. This version that I'm using now too. They say all the family on earth will be blessed by you. That means Abraham you're living, it's not just about you. Don't think that when you need to live certain life and to go, it's just about you. No, life is never going about you. Sometimes God wants just to use you as an instrument so other people can be also blessed. But ask yourself a question. If Abraham never left, what's going to happen to us? Did you already realize that it was because Abraham left, obeyed the instruction that the Lord gave it to him? That's why we had Jesus. I didn't say that if he said no, God is never going to have a plan. Yeah, of course, God can have a plan. But the perfect plan of God was Abraham, you need to leave so you can have Isaac. Isaac will have Jacob. Jacob will have the 12. From the 12, we can have Judah. And the Judah is going to have David. And David is going to have Joseph. And Joseph will adopt Mary. And then finally, we have Jesus. And the only way it's going to happen. If Abraham said, yes, I'm going to leave. And did you understand that God wants him to leave his country, his people? You know why? Because I realized that sometimes what God wants to do with us, people cannot handle it. It's not just very complicated as a truth, as a reality, to explain that to people. I was talking with people in the first service, how I end up in the United States. I was in a group of people, and we were praying, and someone came and told me, I don't know, but for some reason God is telling me that you cannot go to the United States. I didn't even have a passport. I was poor. Very poor. Because I was sleeping in the kitchen, by the way, by then. It was making no sense. I didn't know how to tell other people that this is what God was actually telling me. But God has a plan. Because we trust him. Can you just go and don't stop being selfish to think that it's only about you? No. When we decided to leave, we can live a perfect life of marriage. And do you know how many people there will be beneficial of that? My dad divorced four times. Four times. Apparently, according to him, the four times he was right. <laughs> according to him. And the other day he died, we were there, some of us. And my wife knows the story. We were there. We don't even talk. We don't even know each other. Do you know why? Because we come from different moms. And we can see that it was just accurate. And that these are actually the result of my dad's decisions. Even the day I got married, I didn't invite my own siblings. I invite my friends. The truth is I don't know them. We don't talk. But this is the result of their decisions. But some decision, when we make it, don't think that it's just about you. When God is asking you to leave, God wants to make you to become a blessing so that other people... beneficial of that your children your neighbors your church they can also be beneficial of that but this is what i love the most what to take i told you about my wife we're gonna move with the house and come back but the truth is what to take take the word I was thinking about what we need actually to take with us. I realized there's nothing that you can take when God is asking you to leave, except the word that he's telling you. I don't know what is the word that God is telling you, but what he told you, take it. What he told Abraham it was, left your country, left your people, leave your, the father's house, and go. This is what God told Abraham. That it was the only thing that you're supposed to take. It's the word of God. What God told you, this is the most important thing that you need to take. Why? Because this is what the Bible is talking about in the book of Psalm 119, verses all 105. It's not the verses 5. Verses 105, if you're following us. I love these verses. The Bible said, the word of God is what? It's a lamp on my feet and the light on my part. Let's put these verses in a context. It's very difficult to put it in the U.S. context. Because you guys have electricity 24 hours. <laughs> no, you need, you need to put it in my context which was a luxury to have electricity. For that reason, we have a lamp. Now, when you have a lamp and you stand up with your lamp, your lamp can show you just three steps from where you stand. Just three steps. Now, if you want six steps, you need to move three more steps. The more you move, more you see the light. But check what the Bible says. The Bible says the light, the lamp, the word is the lamp on my feet. It's going to continue to be the lamp if you stand. But if you want that to become the light on your way, you need to start moving. You need to start moving. That's why he said, move, because more you move, more you can see the lamp. Trend changing to become the light on your street, on your path. But they check also one thing. The lamp show us the light only when we go forward. More you go forward, more you become dark behind you. That means you don't need to turn back. You don't need to look back because there's nothing there. If you know the story of the wife of Lot, Lot was the nephew of Paul or of uh, Abraham, I don't know. I love Paul. <laughs> no, that's what I always tell people. The day I'm going to be in heaven, the first question I have to see God is, where's Paul? <laughs> Just imagine that you're in heaven without Paul. Something must be wrong. But I'll tell God, this is a move. Move and a go. But God came and told Abraham, I have a plan. The sin of Sodom and Gomorrah became too much. I want to destroy that city. Abraham started to interceded and advocated for his nephew. God said, okay, fine, don't worry, Abraham. I'm not going to destroy your family, your nephew. But when God appeared to them, he told them this. He said, Lord, take your wife, your kids, your children, and go to that mountain. Wait for me. But one and one condition, don't look back. This is what what it was the word, the word that God gave him. It was, go forward, don't look back. But when they start to go, they start going and leaving and going and going. The wife could not take it. He was regretting, she was regretting the pair of shoes, the pair of jeans, the car that was there. And then she turned back. And we know the end of the story. She remained there. She died there. How many of us, we have the word that the Lord gave us about the you want to take us. But more we're going, more we're stopping and looking back. Do you know that I check the value of the word? The word is everything and anything that we want to. The word can be our home when we are tired. Do you know that the word can be our GPS when we think that we are lost? you need the word to show you the way? The word can be the map to explain to you if you're in a mountain or in a valley. All you need is the word because the word of God is everything. The word can be actually your eater when it's cold outside. The word can be your essay when it's actually hot. The word is everything that you need. Why? Because the word was from the beginning. The word called everything in existence. The word took a flesh and the word dwell among us with a lot of grace. This is all you need is a cross that is the word that live in you and it give you an instruction to go where he's expecting you to be. But you need to move because if you stand, it's going to continue to be a lamp just where you stand. If you want the word to become the light, on your street, you need to start moving. Because more you move, more you add the steps. But I also learned something about moving, about God's word. It's I don't want to know much. I think you guys have a lot of experience You're so holy that you can know wherever I go you want to know. But me, patient, I start to learn something about God. God, just tell me what I want to know for this portion of my life. Because if you try to tell me everything, I'm going to sin because I'm going to doubt. Because I'm going to doubt. More I know, more I'll doubt. Less I know, more I'm going to trust God. This is my case. Just imagine that God appeared today in my room and they're telling me that in four years I'm going to be the president of the United States. For sure I'm going to go to hell because I'm going to doubt. I'm not going to see how it's going to start. Before. Wait, God, what? Huh? I don't get it, man. How? I don't want to. Even if God told me seven years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago, that one day I'll stand here in a ranch and preaching the gospel, I'll doubt about it. Because I was in the middle of Africa in some that you guys have no idea. And I didn't even know that friends exist. That means I can never even know that ranchers exist. <laughs> but God, in His plan, He knew it. But He didn't tell me everything. He just told me what I need to know in that moment. But when, when we, we read the instruction of what actually. Abraham's supposed to do. There's one more instruction that was very important. It was, Abraham, leave the house, your father's household. I want you to leave it. Do you understand that God put, took a time to break it in three? You leave your country, you leave your people, you leave your father's house. But Abraham, as a good father, or as a good uncle, he decided to allow his nephew to come with him. Let me take a time to explain that part a little bit. Lot was Abraham's nephew. He was the son of Abraham's brother who passed away. Abraham decided to help his nephew. But when God asked Abraham to leave, he told him, don't take nothing that is connected with your father's house. But Lot, when he heard that my uncle was living, he went and offered himself. He said, uncle, I want to come with you. And Abraham said, yes, you can come. That's a problem. Lot was not a bad thing. Actually, Abraham was a good uncle. A uncle that want to help a nephew, who doesn't want that type of uncle in his life? But the problem was, Lot was not part of God's plan. It was a good idea, but it was not God's plan. How many lots we have in our life, which is actually great ideas, but that is not God's plan. How many things that we're dragging in our life every single day, which sounds great. Everybody wants to see that. But that is not God's plan. Lot was not part of God's plan, even though Lot was not a sin. The fact that Abraham accepted to take his nephew with him. I'm, I'm for education. I was telling my wife, I said, wait, you know how many, how it cost us? The all years that you went to college. I'm glad that you're going to finish in December. Thank you. You have your bachelor in civil engineering. I bless God for that. But I don't think that it's going to be a God plan if you decided to do the master's. No, no, I'm not going to take that one in. <laughs> we die. Because I see my wife sometimes at 3 o'clock in bed because she needs to study all night. I don't think that is a God's plan. Maybe God's plan now is us to make a lot of babies. So we can have six kids the way we always plan it. No, I planned six, but we went down to two because just the one that I have is already. Hallelujah. I don't want to. Say... I love my daughter. I just love her. But that was good. How many good ideas that you have? How many plans that you have in your life? That sounds amazing. But that's not God's plan but you're dragging with you every single day. I think you need to sit as a church, as a people, as a person, and asking ourselves a question, what is the lot of my life that I need to live because I need to continue this journey by myself? As I told you, when God wants to change your location also, it's because God knows that the people that are around you, they're never going to get it. It's going to sound crazy what you're trying to do. But I also realized one thing, and that this is where we're going to finish. This, Genesis 17 This is 24 years after the Lord appeared to Abraham the first time. He appeared to him. He told him, I want you to work before me with integrity, with honesty. It's not that Abraham was a sinner. No, no, not yet. But Abraham was not doing everything according to the plan of God. That God said, I want to fulfill my plan with you. This is 24 years after, but you need to change some stuff. You need to adjust it in your life. And when I read this part, and then asked myself a question myself. I said, person, what is your problem in life? You know, people say money, alcohol, drugs, whatever you want to. But I realized my problem in my life, it's me. <laughs> patient, I'm my problem. I'm my problem. That means if you got need to set me free, you need to set me free from being patient. Not to be patient with a, as a quality, but as a person. Because being patient as a quality, is, it's a great thing. But as a person, it's not. Because I'm not. And I realized this was the problem with Abraham. Even though Abraham said yes to the call, even though Abraham accepted to follow God, even though he tried to go to the journey, but he carried Abraham with him. When he's supposed to let down, that's why he carried the the fact that he was a good uncle. Yes, we get it, but you're supposed to leave it up behind because this is not God's plan. When you read the book of Genesis, you're going to see that it was not God's plan for Abraham to go to Egypt, but because it was just Abraham the person that tried to find the solution to everything, he decided to go to Egypt. But this was not God's plan. I get it that his family needed food, but he's supposed to attach to the word. The word that asked him to live, it was the word that can become actually the provider. The Jehovah Jireh, the one can provide bread for him and for his family. But Abraham didn't do that. He wanted to go to Egypt to go find the bread for his family. How many times do we do that? I'm the danger of myself. I need to learn to apologize. I need to learn how to shut up. Most of the time. I need to relearn that my opinion, it's not great. Always. And I also learned something in the church. Like I told you, born and raised in the church. I don't want to go to details about my Christian life. But I can guarantee you, even my first scene, I did it in the church. Because all my life, it was about the church. My first girlfriend, church. Everything was church. That was just not a good idea. But I also met people in the church that they become a new Christian, new creature because they receive Christ. As the Bible says, to those who believe in name, he gives them the power to become a son of God. But those people, they continue to be mean and rude, but they want people to accept them the way they are. And they're telling you the things like, yeah, this is who I am. If you want me, you want me like this. No, I don't want you like this. I want you as a new creature. Why? Because when they decided to follow Christ, to live, they carried themselves. They carried their old man who's supposed to die. So Christ can live in us, they carry that. And if you are not a Christian today, I'm extending, an invitation, I'm extending an invitation to you just to let you know that God is ready to take you away from where you are and show you your destiny. With the destiny which you can hand with him in heaven. This is the biggest and the greatest decision that you can make in your life. And God is willing to do it. And even when God decided Abraham to move, the great news that he's gonna always move with you. God is not going to be in heaven checking on you. No, He's moving with you step by step until when you get to your destiny. Let us pray. Yahweh, we bless you for today. We bless you for being our God. God, we say yes, that we want to live now because this now that you're calling us to go. God, we're God, we trusting you because you know where you're taking us, Yahweh. God, can you allow us to be attached to your word so that your word can show us everything and everywhere we need to be. God, be the God of your people this morning. You allow us to give you glory in every areas of our life. God, by leaving everything behind, by following your call and your call only. There is no one like you, and there will never be a God like you. We trust you for who you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand.